Imagine this. There are thousands and thousands of people standing. You're all standing there and you're like wondering what are all these people doing here and you, you actually can't see the end of the people no matter which side you, you look and you're sort of standing there a little bit apprehensive because you were just placed there and you don't know why and bless you and um, and <laughs> and <laughs> that just broke the moment. <laughs> oh well bless you anyway. But you're standing there <laughs> amongst these thousands, millions of people, and you hear the crackling of a PA system coming on. And everyone started like, what was that? Well, why are we here? And you're looking at each other, and some of them are known to you, some of them are strangers, and this PA suddenly comes alive, and you hear, Paul Williams, you give love a bad name. I don't know about you, but in that moment, I'd like to like sink into my shoes and just disappear because now everyone knows it's you. They all yeah because you give love a bad name. And often our actions speak louder than our words. And our actions display exactly out there who we are in here. And sometimes we find ourselves, not only through our words, but our actions, giving love a bad name. Imagine the disappointment of a father who has poured everything into his child, only to have that child give his love a bad name by his disobedience, by his actions. I don't think we quite comprehend how much people are looking at us. But you see, the words of the song go shot through the heart. And when you've been really shot through the heart, when you've been shot through the heart by the love of God, you have to be different. You have to display love differently. It's got to impact you in such a way that your nature is changed. Shot through the heart and you to blame. And we thank you, Lord, that you've shot us through the heart. And we don't blame you. We bless your holy name for touching us in that way. But what are we going to do with the way God has touched us, the way he's impacted us? You've got to be hit, and you've got to be hit hard by this love. So that love changes you and shapes you and molds you to be his love. Because people out there are watching. People out there are looking at believers, and they are evaluating church, they're evaluating Jesus and they're evaluating God the Father based on what we do and what we say. And if we want to live a life worthy of the calling of God on our life, and He's called each of us to be loved by Him and to love others, then we've got to live a life of integrity. We've got to live a life that is better than the one we were living before we met Christ and one that is developing and growing as we fall more and more in love with him. Now Peter is writing a letter to believers who are living across Asia and these believers are living amongst non-believers or unbelievers and he's basically saying to these people, watch out, they're watching you. In 1 Peter 2 verse 12, it says, live such good lives among the pagans 
that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Now, pagan seems like a little bit of a harsh word, so let's say the unchurched. We are to live a life and do things in that life among the unchurched that direct them towards God. If your actions, your words direct them in any, towards any other than God, you've got to evaluate, have you really been shot through the heart? Are you really loving, living a life of integrity? It's nice to say, I'm a believer. And to put your hands up in worship and to like join courses and do all these things. But your actions actually show the world that you're a hypocrite or you're a true lover of the Most High. And I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to be known for the authenticity of my love for Jesus and it will, should reflect in the way I then live. I want to live a life of integrity. And integrity is a high standard of living based on a personal code of morality that does not succumb to the whim of the moment or the dictates of the majority. In other words, I've got a personal code in me. I've got the DNA of the Father in me, and that dictates how I live my life. I don't get caught up in what people are doing or what people are saying or doing the things that don't glorify, don't glorify God. I don't get influenced by other people. I influence them. If they tell me, come, we're going out, I say, no, I'm going to church. Can we do this? No, I don't want to be part of such behavior. I've got integrity and I base my decisions on the love that has consumed me. It's, it's basically living the life that you've been given. Okay? You see, your mother gave birth to you, but God gave life to you. And it's living that life that you've been given to honor him and to glorify him. So, how are we doing with that? Yes, not so good. <laughs> and most of us probably have got a lot of areas in our life we can focus on and improve on, and myself included. There's a whole lot I don't do properly. Um, in fact, I don't, I don't even like, look at my uh, diary or um, listen to my secretary all that, all that well because I got so caught up in this love topic. I was supposed to do a wedding, so I rushed to get the message finished and I rushed there and I got there on Friday night to find out the wedding was on Saturday afternoon only. Um, but yeah, love consumed me. But we all have, this is a true story that happened. I got to the restaurant Friday night and this woman like, I hope it's not tonight. And it was actually last night. So, we've all got this moral compass in us. We all know right from wrong, don't we? We know good from bad. We know hate from love. And we all got that. Where does that come from? From the life you've been given. From God. You've got that moral value in you. But sometimes, and for some people all the time, 
we choose to rather live life in opposition to God. Okay? We live life against Him and against His love. And it's when you live life against His love that you're giving love a bad name. It's in that place where you are saying to the Lord, these things and these people, Lord, are better than you. I choose them. Then you're giving love a bad name. It's when you don't put God first. It's when He's not your priority, but other people and other things are higher on your priority list than what God is. Can you change? Yes. The fact that you're here means you're in the process of change. Okay? Some have just changed more than you have, but you are busy changing. But the more you resist, the more difficult it becomes to adopt to the moral compass that is within you. The more difficult it is over time to actually live his life. It's easier just to be obedient because in obedience there's always blessing and you do live the easier life. But this life in Christ, this life we are talking about, is not easy. You see, the world says to you, or the church, no, the church says to you, give your life to God and it will go well with you. Well, it will go well spiritually with you. But there are still difficulties. There's still temptations. There's still things you must overcome. But it's a far easier walk than the one of walking in the world because they are dead ends. And you walk and walk and walk, and then you realize, this is a dead end. I've got to turn around. I've got to go back. I've got to do this over. There's obstacles. There's things there that will try to break you. There's things there that will want to destroy you. But when you're in Christ, you're able to overcome those things a whole lot easier. So it does take sacrifice. And it does take giving up a bit. No, I'm lying to you. It takes giving up a whole lot. Okay? Because there are some things in your life that you need to give up. There's some places in your life you need to take a stand and there's some choices you have to make. There are some things you are doing that are not good for you. There's some people that you are hanging around with right now that you shouldn't be hanging around with because they are not good for the walk that God is busy with you. You need to remove those people, remove those things. Do you want what is best for you? So why are you listening to other people telling you what is best for them? Do this with me. Go with me there. Let us do this together. If you want what is best for you, follow the one who has given his best towards you. He's given you the fullness of his love. Follow God. You see, I did a message a while back, and I did that message in Cape Town and in Johannesburg on who's in your room. Remember that? When the little girl gets sick and she dies, and they call Jesus, and Jesus goes, towards, goes to the house, and when he gets to the house, this whole room is full of people all around this little girl who had died. And he puts the people out and he only takes in Peter, John and James and the mom and the dad 
because the other people were in the way. They were a distraction. They were the people saying, she's dead. Why did you bring Jesus here? She'll never live again. They were the people who were the negatives and just bringing the whole situation down. They were wailing and crying and making a noise instead of having faith. So Jesus put them out. And he said to this little girl, Talita kum, which means little girl, get up. And she got up and she lived. But she only lived because Jesus put people out. And if you want to live, there's some people, and this is harsh. I know some of you sitting here, ooh, honas pastoor. There's some people that are not good for you right now. And you need to put them out because they are enabling you to give love a bad name. I don't know. I don't want to do that. I want to be formed and shaped and found in God so I can be fruitful in the world. I, Paul Williams, want to make a difference out there. But then I've got to allow God to form me in here. So I've got to surrender myself. So what happens when we give God our all? Well, we said he will form you. And it's not. You see, what you are right now is not who you will become. It doesn't matter if you've known Jesus for one day, one year, or 50 years. Who you are now is not the end product. If you get consumed by his love, he continues to form you and grow you and mold you and shape you so he can release you. And he can release more and more of himself through you. You see, at this stage, some of us are limiting how much a God can flow through us because there's not space for all of God in us because we've given priority to other things in our life. Can I just see by a show of hands, are you glad you came here? Just because some of you are looking at me like, there's more. Um, who remembers a song that was first done by Michael Ball and then later on by Climby Fisher? And it was Love Changes Everything. Okay, remember that. Okay, those of you who put up your hand, will you sing it for us, please? Because I can't sing. Okay. But it went, Love Changes Everything. And we've got to let that love in, and we've got to let it change us. And we've got to remove the obstacles to that love. And you've been hearing now, this is the third week you're hearing on the things in you that prevent the love, because God is busy forming us, He's shaping us, and we have to allow the love to change everything. Last week, we said when you give your heart to Jesus, you get certain character traits. Certain things are imparted to you that develop a character that is opposite to the way you were. And we call it, or the Bible calls it, the fruit of the Spirit. And this is what gets installed in new creations. By the fruit of the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Against such things there is no law. You see, these are the things that flow from the love of Christ, from the Spirit of God that comes into us. These are the things who we were created to be. This was God's intent that that would be evident in his children. And if you're a child of God, you've got this in you. And if you allow, allow love to change everything, we'll see more of this flowing through you. Because that's the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit. You want to give people something to eat. So they pluck from your tree, which was planted in Christ because of what he done for you. And we give them this stuff to feed on. And it's this stuff, these things of God that will change the other people of God who haven't quite come to the realization of how much they need him yet. You see, this is a love gift. And it's a gift that just keeps on giving. It keeps on and keeps on. And if you've got it in you, you're not going to get it out of you. And you're going to try. Because we sometimes people backslide, sometimes people walk away. But this is still in you. You've just covered it. I just want to come in this morning. If you're not where you want to be or where you should be in Christ, we just want to wipe that dust off and release this into your life again so you can be love. So the gifts of the Spirit are the next step in the process. You first get the fruit of the Spirit and then you of the Spirit. And they are provided by the Holy Spirit to Christians for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. Remember, we are to love one another. We are to build each other up in love. So God gives us gifts, abilities that enable us to do that. Would anyone like the gifts of the Spirit? Ach, lekker man, twee van jylle. We on fire here this morning. Hey? Awesome. Yeah, I want I'm like I'm greedy. I want all of them. Thank goodness God doesn't sit and divide his Holy Spirit and say, Okay, you're getting that little bit and you're getting that little bit. You've got the Spirit of God in you, so you've got the gifts of God in you. You might be better in one gift than in the other, but you've got what you need to love God's people and to be an influence world. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 10 says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracle prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Pastor, are we really talking about this stuff in church? Yes, because we need this to love God's people. We need this to build the body of Christ. We can't be a, 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 a weak image of the love of Christ any longer. I don't know if you noticed these love things on the side. Week by week, it got brighter. It was first faded away and dull. No one noticed. There we go. And every week, my wife would make another letter a little bit brighter. And you should be a little bit brighter by now. 
okay? But if you want to shine at the brightest, you need the gifts of the Spirit. And that's what it's about, so that we shine brightly for Him and touch His people. Now, the gift of wisdom, okay, is the ability to make decisions and give guidance that is according to God's, and we all need wisdom. The gift of knowledge is the ability to have an in-depth understanding of spiritual issues or a situation. It's knowing stuff you shouldn't know, but God gives you that knowledge. The gift of faith is being able to trust God and encourage others to trust God no matter the circumstances. The gift of healing is the miraculous ability to use God's healing power to restore a person who is sick, injured, or suffering. The gift of miracles is, able, is, is being able to perform signs and wonders that give authenticity to God's word. Okay? Often you would see Jesus himself do signs and wonders, miracles, healings, and then announce the gospel. And his disciples did the same. Sometimes it was first the gospel and then the signs and the wonders. But more often than not, those two worked together because what a powerful package. Then the gift of prophecy is able is being able to proclaim a message from God. The gift of the discerning of spirits is the ability to determine whether or not a person or event is truly from God. Okay? It's like, if I was you, I'd be scared of my wife. But she's got this ability. People come and she tell me, Paul, be careful. And I'm like, oh, no, man, let's love them. She says, be careful. And she's never been wrong because she's got the gift of discernment. She, she knows the truth from a lie. And sometimes she scares me because I'm just a lover of people. I, like, I love the guy who's got a knife in my back. Um, but she's always like, be careful. No, she doesn't love the people. She's just weary around them because the Holy Spirit has alerted her to certain things in them or about them. And it allows her to handle them in a way that will convert them to love. You see, that's a good gift to have. The gift of tongues, that's not when you hit your finger with a hammer. Okay? That's not it. The gift of tongues is a supernatural ability to speak in a language unknown to the speaker, but understood by God. Or sometimes it's the ability to speak a foreign language like happened on the day of Pentecost, where everyone from different areas of the world were able to understand the disciples. And then the gift of interpreting tongues is the ability to translate tongues um, to translate the tongues speak, being spoken and communicate back to others in their own language. Now the Bible tells us to eagerly desire this. If you as a believer want to give love a very good name, you should not only desire this, you should have this and you should be operating in the gifts of the Spirit. If Jesus used this to touch a world, a wor the world, and he tells us we are to touch the world, 
Surely we should make use of the same tools that he used and he made available to us. But churches don't preach this. You see, because then we absorb the power that's in the pastor. Because he's supposed to be the one doing it. But in this church, we believe every single member is a minister. You, according to the word of God, if you are in Jesus, if you're filled by the Holy Spirit, you've got this and urge you to use it because you as a member of the body of Christ are a minister to God's people. You are supposed to love others. And this is how you show the love of Christ. This is how you introduce them to Jesus by making use of these things. We need it, people. But you've got to desire it. Okay, who here this morning wants the gifts of the Spirit? Hi. Some of you got it. Just use it. Okay. That's awesome. We'll pray for you just now. It goes on to explain, and it runs from 1 Corinthians 12 into 1 Corinthians 13, and it says how we are all one body, and the body is made up of different parts, but how we need each other. And now the body is made up of different churches, okay? but in each church is different people, so we are a little body as well, and we need each other. Because some of you are going to be stronger in one area than the other. Some of you will be at a place that I won't be able to get to, or Chris won't get to, or Omar Joey won't get to, but you there, and you're part of the body, and you need it there for that moment. So we as a church, we need this. If we want to become what God has destined for this church, an effective fighting force, spreading the love of Jesus and the truth of what Jesus did for us on the streets of George and beyond, then we need this. We must stop giving love a bad name and start going out and showing the good love that is in the good name of Jesus Christ. But then we need this. But it starts with the fruit of the Spirit. You can't go to someone in anger and want to prophesy. You can't go to someone impatiently and want them to be healed. You see, the two work together because they're from one spirit. Now, air supply. Ooh, they were like old love song crooners. Okay? You wanted to like, get your girl, you put on some air supply. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. And she's like, oh, yes, baby. <laughs> but uh, there's some truth in what they're saying. Okay, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. You see, in that, there's a lie and there's a truth. Because most of us are all out of love. We're not filled with the love of God. But the truth is, we're so lost without you, Jesus. And we need you. And we need you to fill us because we've allowed ourselves to grow empty because we haven't practiced the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we've sort of drained ourselves and we're not filling ourselves. And this morning is about getting you filled so that the fullness of life comes upon you and you go share that life with others. You see, once you're filled with a love and you nurture that love and you practice that love, that love grows and you can never again sing I'm all out of love you're going to be singing I'm flowing with love 
You're going to become the love boat. Man, wouldn't that? And it'll make you captain of the love boat. Right? Just because you're showing people the love of Jesus Christ. It goes on at the end of the chapter. And it begins to explain how we must desire the greater gift. The more excellent way is the way it's described. Can you believe that? The more excellent way. Over and above this, there's a more excellent way. It says love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecy, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But not love. The gifts are temporary. Love endures forever. And that is why it's all got to start with love. It's all dependent on love. It's you being shot through the heart by the love of Christ and accepting the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest is love. You see, people, that's the essence. And this is the part believers are missing. We don't know how to receive love, and we don't know how to be love anymore. But when you are love, because you've been loved, you can't give love a bad name. It's impossible. Because then you're being Jesus unto other people, loving them through the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible then to give love a bad name. As the praise and worship team comes back, We've, over the past few weeks, mentioned three things that are critical. You accepting God's love. You exercising the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And you living out the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You see, if we want to be who we're called to be, if we want to live a life worthy of our calling, as it says in Ephesians 4 verse 1, we need these three. There's no other way. In your strength, you'll never succeed. In His love, you will. But you need His love. And when you've got His love, you need to let His Spirit flow. You need to let His gifts out and His fruit be displayed. Then, we can be who we are called to be in Jesus' name. When I asked who wants the gifts of the Spirit, a lot of you put up your hands, but who wants the love of Christ first? Please stand up. Who wants the fruit of the Spirit? Stand up. And who wants the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Stand up. If you're still sitting now, you feel a real fool, don't you? Because Jesus is calling you and he's asking you, stand up, make a choice, be different. The time of being lukewarm is past. I'm calling you.
to a higher life. I'm calling you unto me this morning. Let's close our eyes. And where we're standing, let's lift our hands. Lord, thank you. We can come before you and we can say, Lord, as one. And I ask that you just bind our hearts together, Lord. You bind us together with cords that, not can be, that cannot be broken right now. So that as we speak, we are speaking as one, not as individuals. Holy Spirit, only you are able to make us one. And I pray that happening right now. Thank you, Lord. You're drawing us unto you and drawing us unto each other. We pray, Lord God, as one. Fill us with your love. We stand before you this morning and we declare we need you. Fill us, Lord Jesus, with your love. Holy Spirit, take hold of us now. Flow into us. Flow into us so we may experience the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can experience the fullness of heaven as the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit take hold of us. Thank you, Lord, that while our hands are raised and our hearts are open, you are working in us, transforming us, renewing us. Help us, Lord, now, God, to live out what you are doing now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would, you would accelerate change in us. You will inspire us to live a changed life. You will help us to be changed. And thank you, Lord, that no one here today, no one here this morning, will ever again give your love a bad name because we are guided by you. Because this one thing remains, Lord, this one thing remains, love. We pray your love now consumes us. Amen.